he began to impress upon my heart to lay a challenge out before you. Too many people, they live year in and year out, and year in and year out, and year in and year out, and very little change. They end the year with the same problem, the same struggle, the same difficulty that they began it with. But I believe with all of my heart, and it's like a fire that has shut up in my bones this morning, believing that I can tell you this morning that it does not have to be that way this coming year. I believe with all of my heart that God wants to do an incredible and total turnaround in the life of his people. I feel that the Lord would have me to challenge you to see him work in and through you in an unprecedented way. You see, I believe that God wants your future to be better than your past. And I believe that he wants to take your struggle and he wants to turn it into strength. And I believe he wants to take your problems and I think he wants to turn them into production. And I believe that he wants to take your hurts and turn them into healing. And I believe that he wants to do that in the coming year. I've said it, I'll say it again. 2014 is the year for total turnaround But only if you will embrace and implement the challenges that I'm going to set before you in this series. Let me say this this morning. Who doesn't need a total turnaround in some particular area of their life? I understand that that, that some may need a total turnaround in the area of their marriage. And then then others, it might be a a financial turnaround that is needed. And then then others, it might be in their health. And the list goes on and on and on and on. Things can change for you in the coming year, but only if you change. Only if you change. Because if you keep doing what you've been doing, you're going to keep getting what you've been getting. Now, this past Sunday, we talked about the faith challenge. God is challenging us in the area of faith. You see, there will absolutely be no turnaround in our life without faith. Now, if you were not here last Sunday, please go online and listen to the message. Because faith is a key ingredient in your turnaround. Well, today's challenge is the prayer challenge. A few years ago, several years ago now, I had a, had a flat on, on my vehicle. It was a Ford Explorer. And, and this Ford Explorer was, was pretty new to me, and I'd never had a, a flat on it before, and so I was unfamiliar with it, and no problem. I, I, I just started looking for the spare. Well, I found it located under the back end of the truck. So I crawled under the vehicle and, and inspected the situation, and I noticed there was a wing nut that was screwed onto a boat, and it was holding the spare in place. No problem. So I started unscrewing the wing nut so that the spare would come down off of the vehicle. The thing about it is that the wing nut would indeed loosen and turn, but then it would begin to tighten up again. Over and over and over again, I tried. And I started to get a little bit 
frustrated. No, I got a lot frustrated. So I pulled out a hammer. I've always been taught, if you can't get the job done, just get a bigger hammer. So I got a hammer out. And I thought, well, it's, you know, it's stuck here, so it needs a little help. And so I took the hammer, and I started beating on the wing nut. No success. Two men walked by. Got a problem? I sure do. Can't seem to get my spare tire off my truck. Look, here's this wing nut. All I got to do is unscrew it. It'll come down off the boat. It'll fall right down. It'll be right there. That's easy. Oh, yeah. They crawled under the truck. Both of them, one at a time. They tried. They tried. They took the hammer. <laughs> and no matter what it was, I tried. Nothing worked. Hey, even the miraculous WD-40 didn't work. It's supposed to work on everything. Well, after more than an hour in total frustration, I finally put my pride aside and I called Discount Tire where I bought the tires. Knowing they had a service, they came out. The man from Discount Tire arrived and immediately he told me to open the hood of my truck. I thought, I'm not mechanical, but this guy's an idiot. My problem is not with my engine. My problem is I can't get the spare off my truck. But after an hour of trying and banging and front, I wasn't really feeling too cocky. So I did what the man said. And I popped the hood up and opened the hood for him. And, and under the hood attached to the side of the vehicle was a tire tool. The man took this tire tool to the back of the vehicle. He opened the hatchback, and just above the bumper, there was a little hole. And he stuck that tire tool through that hole and started turning the tire tool. And as he turned that tire tool, the spare tire came down off of the vehicle slicker than a whistle. I guarantee you my eyes bugged out and my mouth fell open. And I told him, I said, man, I said, I, said, I, I tried to loosen the, the spare by turning the wing nut. He said, don't feel too bad. He said, he said you're not the first guy to do that. He said, matter of fact, some guys have actually taken a hammer and tried to beat it off. I said, no way. <laughs> now, the only thing that made me feel less like a goober was the fact that I'd never owned SUV before. I'd never had a spare like that before. Didn't know how it worked. And two other men tried to help, and they didn't know any more than I did. I guess there were three goobers. What's my point? Yes, I do have one. You see, the key to excess in this situation was, was possessing the right tool 
and possessing the knowledge of how to use it. Can I tell you that prayer is an incredible tool? Prayer is one of our greatest tools. It's one of our greatest assets. Oh, oh, is there anything more powerful? Is there anything more productive than prayer? Prayer can get the job done quickly. It can get the job done efficiently. And yet we choose, oh, we choose rather to take out a hammer and bang and bang away with it with all of our might. Friend, if you experience a turnaround in some area of your life, it will be because it will be because you accept and you embrace and you implement this part of challenge 214, and that is the challenge to pray. Amen. Notice what Jesus says in, in Matthew chapter 21 and verse 13. Jesus says, Jesus says, My house. Say my house. My house. Jesus said, My house shall be called the house of prayer. Now, we can just read over that and not think anything about it, but I begin to think about this. And I begin to think it is quite interesting that Jesus said, My house shall be called the house of prayer. Interesting in the fact that Jesus did not call his house a house of worship. And that's what most people call the church house of worship. But Jesus did not call his house a house of worship. Oh, I know what he called it. (laughs) Yes, sir, I know what he called it. (laughs) No, he didn't call it a house of preaching. He did not say, my house is going to be called the house of preaching. And he didn't say, my house is called the house of fellowship. (laughs) And he didn't say, my house will be called a house of high tech. Jesus said, my house shall be called the house of prayer. I don't know about you, but but it sounds to me like prayer ought to be a priority. And yet it seems that in the modern church we do everything but pray. I have even been criticized because we still have prayer requests on Sunday morning. That's outdated. Nobody does that anymore. But Jesus said, my house will be called a house of prayer. And so we're doing everything in the world but doing what Jesus said the church ought to be doing. And that is praying. Hello? So my plan is to make prayer a higher priority. At the grace place. Let's talk about prayer for a few moments today. Good news, I looked at my watch before I started this morning. Didn't do that last week. 
Just because I looked at it, that don't mean a whole lot either. I'll just know how much trouble I'll be when I get home today. All right, all right, let's talk a little bit about prayer for a few moments this morning. Let's talk, first of all, about the purpose. The purpose. What is the purpose of prayer? Well, let me suggest three. These, of course, are not all of them, but let me just suggest three. Number one, prayer is invitation. The purpose of prayer is invitation. Because in prayer, we invite God into our lives. Because God is no intruder. He will not force himself into our lives. Listen, listen, listen. If we want to go it alone, oh, oh, if we want to handle everything all by ourselves, God will let us. He will stand on the sidelines of our life and he will watch us struggle as long as we're willing to struggle. But the moment we call out to him, he's there. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 12 says, The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. Oh, but it goes on to say, And his ears are open to their prayer. Not only is the purpose of prayer for invitation, but it's also for inspection. You see, when we go to God in prayer, we open our lives up to his inspection. Psalm 139 verse 23 and 24 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxiety. See if there is any wickedness in me. And in prayer, we open ourselves up to the inspection of God. See, see, this, this is why that all those people will continue to worship with sin in their life. And they do every single Sunday. They worship with sin in their life. All those people will minister. There are worship leaders, there are pastors, there are evangelists that are ministering in churches today that are living in sin. But they will go on in their ministry, even with sin in their life. And people will keep coming to church with sin in their life. But people won't pray. You may be able to worship with sin in your life. You may be able to preach. You may be able to teach. You may be able to sing. You may be able to come to church with sin in your life. But I want to tell you, you will not be able to pray with sin in your life. And most people will not even attempt to pray with sin in their lives because they know better than that. Because they know better than to get one-on-one with God when they have known, unconfessed, and unrepented of sin in their life. Because prayer opens us up to God's inspection. Uh, but listen, that's really a good thing. God places the spotlight on our sin. Oh, He does so, oh, so, we make it, so that we can acknowledge it all, oh, so that we can repent of it all, oh, so that we might turn away from He reveals sin in our lives because He is a holy God. And as a holy God, He demands holiness 
and purity in the lives of his children. Third purpose of prayer is inspiration. Inspiration. Now you've heard me say it a thousand times, but here I go again. We become like the people we hang out with. This is why we should hang out with godly, kind, upbeat, and positive people. I love the story about the man that entered his donkey in the Kentucky Derby. He said, I don't expect him to win. He said, I just just hope the association will do him some good. (laughs) When I begin to think back over the past 40 years of ministry, I I think of several men who, who have influenced my life in a positive way. You don't know these men, most of them, uh, one of them maybe, but men like Perry Cowan, Dan Schaefer, John Bosman, and a few others. These men inspired me, and I became a better man. I became a better husband. I became a better father. I became a better minister because of the time that I spent hanging out with See, when we choose to hang out with God in prayer, inspiration is a natural byproduct of our time together. If you'll study the life of Jesus, you will see that before Jesus embarked on any significant part of his earthly ministry, first of all, he would take time to pray. He did nothing significant in his ministry, but what, first of all, he took a season or a time And use it in prayer. Because you see the inspiration to do what he knew he was called to do came from his time in prayer. And I'm thinking that if Jesus understood the value of prayer. And if Jesus the son of the living God. If Jesus gained his inspiration through prayer. Then how much more do I need to pray? And how much more do you need to pray? Here's what I know. If you are no longer excited about your ministry, if you're just going through the emotions in your ministry, if you are merely depending upon your talent and your ability and your experience alone to get you by in your ministry, that tells me that your prayer life is lacking. Because true inspiration comes through prayer. You see, prayer is like a battery charger. Oh, the battery is dead. It's lifeless. It has no power. Oh, but you plug it into a battery charger, and in time that old dead powerless battery is recharged and full of power and useful once again. And so it is with prayer. Oh, oh notice what the Word of God says about what happened to Jesus when he prayed. Luke chapter 9 and verse 29 says, And as he prayed, As he prayed, the appearance of his face altered. When did the appearance of his face alter? 
And when he prayed, the appearance of his face altered and his robe became white and glistening. Wow! Well, I ask you this morning, how long has it been since you have shut yourself up with God? How long has it been until you prayed until the very countenance of your face altered? As I look around at some of your faces, it's been a while. That's a joke. Kind of. In Luke 18 and 1, Jesus admonishes us always to pray and not lose heart. So perhaps the reason why we lose heart, the reason why we run out of steam, the reason why we lose our enthusiasm and we lack in zeal, perhaps it is because we have stopped praying. Pray, Jesus says, and you will not lose heart. Because nothing will inspire you more and last longer than time spent with the Lord in prayer. So if we become like the people we hang out with and we do, then the only way that we are going to become more like Jesus is if we hang out with him more. So God wants me to challenge you today how to pray more in the coming year than you have ever prayed before. Spend time in his presence through prayer. All right, we've talked just a little bit about the purpose of prayer. Now let's talk a little bit about the process, the process of prayer. I think that we take prayer and we tend to make it harder than it really is. Because prayer in its simplest form is just having a conversation with God. In Matthew 6, Jesus does give us a pattern or an outline for prayer. And in this pattern or outline, Jesus teaches us that that for our extended prayer time, then those times our prayer should contain at least four things. It's very quickly... First of all, you have your time of extended prayer, it ought to include praise. A praise, a time of acknowledging God for who He is, and a time for honoring Him. Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Or praise Him. And spend some time in praise. And then it also ought to include petition or, or, or a time of asking him to meet our needs and, and our desires. Jesus said, pray this way, give us this day our daily bread. Or give us the daily necessities of life. And the third thing in the outline Jesus gives us on prayer, he says prayer ought to contain penitence. Another word would be Repentance. Or asking for forgiveness for our sins. Jesus said, pray this way, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And then the fourth ingredient in our extended prayer time ought to be included in that is, is, is prayer protection. Pray protection. Praying a hedge or boundary around what's ours. So that the enemy cannot take it or destroy it. Jesus said, pray like this. 
Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So when we have our extended time of prayer, this prayer time should include these four things. That being said, let me just give you five random thoughts on how to pray. They're in your notes this morning or for you to fill in. Number one, pray seriously. Pray seriously. Pray in faith. Believe that your time spent in prayer will actually make a difference. Now, I'm not suggesting that you will always get exactly what you ask for in prayer. Frankly, I'm glad that God has not given me everything that I have asked Him for in prayer. Let me, let, me, let me tell you this this morning. If God had given me everything that I, that I asked Him for, I wouldn't be here today. I would be at the place I ask God to place me. And it wasn't Arlington. So if God gave me everything that I asked for, I wouldn't be here today. Some of you said, well, I wish he would have. But you just have to endure, because he didn't. Amen? Frankly, I like it here better than the place that I ask him to place me. What does that tell me? That tells me that, that God knows more than I do. And it tells me that, that, that he knows more about what I really want than I do. Than I do. And so this is why I always tell God, God, this is the way I see it. And I lay it out. I think I got a pretty good plan. But I always end by saying, God, if you see it a different way, let's do it your way. Your will be done. Take prayer very seriously, believing that prayer changes things, and it does. It does. Sometimes, sometimes it changes the situation. And sometimes it changes us so we can handle the situation. Just some random thoughts about prayer. Pray seriously. Number two, pray simply. Pray simply. See, I don't care what you've heard on Christian TV or on the radio or in the book. Prayer is not about some fancy faith formula. It's not about some positive confession. It's not about some rigid prayer outline. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 7 and 8, I love the Message Bible, it says the world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. 
This is your heavenly Father you are dealing with. And He knows better than you what you need. Oh, with a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply. Let me give you some incredible advice this morning. Just be like a little child who crawls up in their daddy's lap. And places a big kiss on their daddy's cheek, which totally melts their daddy's heart. And then they proceed to ask their daddy for what they need and what they want. Amen? Third random thought about prayer, pray the scriptures. Pray the Scriptures. See, the Scriptures are full of promises. And there's a promise in God's Word for just about anything you could ever need or you could ever want. And so when you have a need or you have a desire for something, go to the Word of God, go to the Scriptures, and find one or more promises that relate And then take those scriptures to God in prayer and remind God of what He promised. If you're sick, remind God all of His promise that He is the Lord that heals your diseases and by His stripes you were healed. If you have a financial need, remind Him of His promises of financial provision that comes to those who are faithful tithers. Tell him, God, you said, ah, you said if I would tithe that you would open the windows of heaven over my life. You said that you would provide me with everything that I need. You promised to rebuke the devourer that keeps devouring my stuff. If you're battling depression, remind him of his promise to give you the garment of praise to cover the spirit of despair. If you need to make a major decision in your life, remind him of his promises to lead and direct and guide you. Oh, oh, remind him that he promised wisdom to those that would ask him for it. Pray the scripture. Oh, find a promise in God's word that relates to whatever you're going through or whatever your need or desire is. Oh, and then take those scriptures and remind God of what he said in his word. Use the scripture when you pray. Another one is Pray specifically. Specifically. See, the reason why some people don't know if their prayer is answered or not is because they are too vague with their prayers. See, see, see don't, just, don't just pray some generic prayer. Don't just, don't just ask God, uh, oh, God, just g- g- God bless me. No, 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 tell God how you want Him to bless you. Heard about a young lady that, that, that began to desire a husband. She didn't just ask God for a husband. She went shopping. She went out and she bought a set of men's clothes exactly the size she wanted her future husband to be. And she hung those clothes in her closet and began to ask God to fill those clothes 
with a man. Some of you are thinking, I wish I'd have thought of that. When I was building this building, I, I would ask God daily, 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 I would ask God to show me things that had been left out. See, you can't just draw some plans and hand it to a builder and say, build it. You can. Probably not going to be very happy with the outcome. can't tell you how many things the architect left out of this building. They're in now. Don't worry about it. I had 12 heart attacks, but they're here. And so every day, every day I would ask God to show me, show me things that had been left out of the building and to show me things that could be changed or tweaked or made to make the building better. And as I would walk through the building every day, God would show me this. He would say, move this wall. He would say, change this. He would say, do that. He would say, check and see if this is included. I also ask him to help me find the right people. To help me with specific things in the building. People that knew more about it than I knew. Not just throw it out. Anybody got a, anybody got a thought? Yeah, everybody's got 12 of them. No. God, God put the people in my life that I need to help me with this part, this part, this part, this part, this part. And I can tell you that God did that. And I began to pray. When, when, when God put those people in my life, I began to pray for them every day. God, give me favor with these people. Give me favor with these people. Give me favor with these people. When you pray, pray specifically. Tell God, oh, precisely and specifically and exactly what you need and, and want. Because how will you know if God has answered you or not if you don't pray specifically? Now, now, am I saying that God will give you anything and everything that you need and want? Well, actually, I believe He will give you everything you need and everything you want. Here's the catch. Don't miss the catch. What you really need and what you think you need often are worlds apart. I wonder how we even survived as a church all these years, you know, because, boy, we got these, we got to have this. It's got to be, it does. Not saying we don't want it, don't say it's not good, it's not nice, it's not awesome, but I kind of think as long as we really make this a house of prayer genuinely, what he said it's supposed to be, I think we're going to be pretty all, all right. What we really need, what we think we need is, is two different things. Oh, what you think you want and what you really want and what will really satisfy you and really make you happy are two very different things. I've thought I wanted a lot of things, and I asked God for what I wanted. He didn't give it to me, but he gave me something else. And later I realized I really didn't want that. I wanted what he gave me. Man, <laughs> I really wanted to go over there, but God led me over here. But once I get over here and I'm here a while, sometimes you have to be there a while. Sometimes a long while. 
But even though I wanted to go over here and God led me over here, in time I come to realize, hey, kind of glad I'm not over there. Kind of glad I'm over here. So did God give me what I wanted? Yes, he did. Not what I thought I wanted, but what I really wanted, because all I really wanted was to be happy, fulfilled, and content, and satisfied. And it wasn't over there where I thought it was. It was really over here where he was taking me. Is that good? How many think that's worth an extra offering this morning? Amen. (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. I'm winding up this morning. Amen. Let me just encourage you to end your prayer. To be specific with God. Pray specifically. Tell God exactly and precisely what you want. But end your prayer by saying, God, not my will. Your will. God, if you have another plan for me, if you've got another way for me, God, if this is not in line with your perfect plan and will, God, I submit my will to your will, knowing that your will's better Hallelujah. and you know more than I do. Yes. Amen? Yes. And then last this morning, just a random thought of prayer. Pray spontaneously. See, I think it's good for us to have a designated time to pray every single day. Are we all going to Meet that target? No, no one is. I believe we should have a regular scheduled time of prayer every day if possible. But oh, I also believe that we ought to be praying spontaneously. Anytime you're in danger, anytime you're in trouble, call out to God right then and there. Anytime God lays somebody upon your heart, pray for them right then and there. Don't say, I'm going to put them on my prayer list so I'll have time to pray a long prayer for them. No, no, no. It's okay to put them on your prayer list. It's okay to pray for them a long time when you have time. But oh, if God puts it upon your heart, somebody to pray for, pray for them right then and there. It might be the prayer that is needed to save their life. And here's what I'm really talking about this morning. Just throughout your day, throughout your day, spontaneously talk to God. Oh, there are times when I'm driving down the road in my, in my automobile and I'll just, I'll just say, Lord, I love you. I'll just say, God, you are so awesome. Times I'm going about my activities and I'll just I'll just stop. Talk to God. Don't have to get my preacher voice to pray. Just start talking to God. You know, God, I don't know what I'm gonna do about this. I do that. God, I just, I don't, you know, I don't know. what. God, I don't know what I'm going to do. don't know how I'm going to handle this. What I'm going to do. God, I need your help. I'll just start talking to him. Like he's sitting right beside me because he is. Oh, just, 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 just talk to him. Oh, just tell him what's on your heart. God, my boss just chewed me out. God, I don't think it's fair. I'm, I'm, 
I didn't do anything. Tell him what's on your mind. He knows what it is anyway. Yes. Clean it up a little bit before you verbalize it. See, see, prayer doesn't have to be formal. It doesn't have to be structured. Prayer, in its simplest form, is simply conversation with God. It's just talking to God. It's just unburdening your heart. It's just talking to God and telling Him what's going on in your life. Amen? We get the musicians and singers back in place. Oh, wow, I'm only halfway through the message. <laughs> you noticed, huh? If you'll come back this coming Wednesday night at 7 o'clock and come into the auditorium, if you're an adult and you're not in another ministry, I'm going to conclude this teaching, and then, and then we're going to pray. Jesus said, my house should be called the house of prayer. And so for the next four Wednesday nights, we're going to, to have a prayer meeting. We used to call it prayer meeting. But that just became, oh, that's just so hokey. That's just old-fashioned. It's not really old-fashioned. It's old Bible. <laughs> Right? My house should be called the house prayer. Am I against worship? Of course not. Am I against technology? No, I've spent $300,000 on it. Not against any of those things. I'm going to tell you something. You can have the greatest technology. You can have the coolest building in the world. And you can have the biggest crowd in the world. None of that means nothing. I know it's a double negative. I want you to get it. <laughs> it don't mean nothing. What does mean something is when people come into the house of, of the Lord, their life is touched, ministered to, Changed, altered. Amen. So be be back with me Wednesday night. I'm going to finish this little sermon, lesson, whatever it is. If you're in Royal Rangers, Impact Girls, Next Level Youth, you go there. The rest of us are going to come in here. We're going to pray together. We're going to pray some individually. Some of our prayer time will be spent praying for certain specific things and sometimes it will be spent praying for what's on our own hearts. So come back this coming Wednesday night and the next four Wednesday nights as we start the new year off in prayer. If you want to turn around to take place in your life this, this year, it's only going to happen if you embrace Challenge 2014, it's only going to happen if you embrace the faith challenge. 
challenge. And the other challenges we're going to get the next three Sunday mornings. The question this morning is, will you accept, will you embrace? And will you put into place the challenge given to you? Everyone standing this morning, please. Bring your fill-in-the-blank outlines back on Wednesday night and I'll give you the rest of the, of the outline. this morning, you can just come in here and leave and say, wow, worship was good, sermon wasn't bad, a couple funny stories, laughed at the pastor, he's a goober, didn't know how to change a tire, you can come in and you can come out in the next few weeks, and go along as business as you. finish 2014 as far away from God as you are today. As broke and as in debt and as upside down financially at the end of the year as you are right now. You can finish the year and not be an ounce more graceful than you are right now. Finish the year without grace, thinking you're just too bad. Done too many bad things, God can't love you, can't save you, can't use you, can't bless you. Or, or you can say, this is going to be my year. This is going to be my year. It's going to be the year that I see a turnaround in this particular area of my life. I'm going to lay the challenge out to you. And I promise you, it's not my challenge. It's his challenge. So if you refuse and reject the challenge, you're not rejecting me. You're not refusing me. You're rejecting God. Because I know that 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 He is challenging hearts for turnaround in certain areas lives of certain people. Is this going to be your year? Is it going to be your year? Is it going to be your year? Is it going to be a better year for you? God, I just pray today, Lord, that what is in my heart and what is in my spirit 
will get out of my heart and out of my spirit and into the heart and into the spirit of your people, oh God. And God, just the fact that I've been here ten and a half years, I've seen the same people struggle with the same things. But it doesn't have to continue. It doesn't have to go on. There could be a turnaround. A turnaround. And that turnaround can start. It can begin right now. If you want to turn around in your life, in a particular area of your life, I just want you to raise your hand up right now to God and say, God, I'm ready for the turnaround, God. God, I want it to start. I want it to change. I want it to turn around. I want it to start right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Let it start. Let it start. Let it start. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Let it begin. Right now. Right now. Right now. Go after God this morning. Go after God. Go after God this morning. Right there where you're at. Go after God.
church, I just want you to lift your hand if you are going to accept this challenge. Father, you see our hands lifted all over this room. Lord, we accept the challenge of prayer. Father, instead of trying to figure things out in our own strength, in our own ability, Father, we commit to depending on you. We commit to taking our issues, our problems, our struggles to you. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you for everything that you have in store for us. Lord, I pray that every single person would have a great, great week at work. They'd be blessed. Lord, that they would spread the good news of Christ. Father, we just pray over the Cowboys and the Chiefs that you would break the curse of their playoff misery. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.